time for the Craig James Financial Report with that man, Craig Parentino. Certified wealth strategist extraordinary. He is president of the Craig James Financial Services, located right in the heart of Melville on Broad Hollow Road. Check out that website I've been telling you about. Long Island Investment Advisors.com. Craig, of course, Mr. Ferentino is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services. All three United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Craig James Financial Services, LLC, United Planners. Not affiliated. A uh, little bit of a downer on Wall Street yesterday, losing, uh, what, almost 150 points. Futures is not looking good. Neither are the unemployment numbers. Another 2 million Americans out of work. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, we'll see what today brings to close out a week, sir. Yeah, hey, Jay. Good morning. Uh, it's great to hear your passionate reporting at the last half hour or so. The, um, great job. My, uh, the, yeah. So yesterday, as you said, the stock market uh, did close down about 148 points. NASDAQ down about 43 points. It's six tenths of one percent on the Dow and five tenths one percent on the Nasdaq. You have the crude oil going up seventy four cents to thirty three spot fifty five, and the price of gold up is up five dollars. Um, we're seeing the ten year Treasury at a zero point seven zero percent. Rates are still very very low. Um, yeah, U.S. stocks slipped into negative territory. Really, it was positive for most of the day in the last half hour or so, maybe the last hour. Starts to get a little negative. And after the president came out and announced that he'd be holding a news conference tomorrow, which is today, and uh, about China, there's a lot of tension, as you know, and we talked about this throughout the past, but uh, China, you know, recently introduced a new national security bill for Hong Kong, basically taking deeper control or harsher control over Hong Kong, which we have a lot of... Uh, you know, we have a lot of trade and, you know, we, we, we recognize as non-communist, so to speak. So, uh, we're curious as to see what happened, uh, with that because, uh, this could be the beginning today can mark the beginning of a very cold war, uh, with China. So, um, he has had a cautious approach to Beijing. He says, has said good things about, uh, President Xi. Uh, many times, uh, but I think the honeymoon is getting over and the gloves are coming off. So we'll see what this actually means. There's some material and facts that I've been hearing from other sources, uh, not political, but it can cause, can, can be, wreak havoc in the market saying that, that China is, you know, building three more aircraft carriers and they're doing something with the South China Sea and all this stuff. So something is brewing there. I don't know if it's just a, a little bit of gamesmanship that we have in international relations, or uh, there's something that's, uh, you know, the U.S. is down, their economy is down, let's see if we can make a move here. They they went as far as shutting their whole economy down. This could be a good opportunity here to take a little more control while uh, our 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 so-called friends are weak right now until we have an advantage here. So that's yet to be played out, but I could see that, uh, you know, having looked at international relations for many years, I could see how that could work out. What could that mean to your portfolios? Well, it could mean some summer volatility in particular. And so uh, we're having some, uh, I think you'll see some, you know, if this starts breaking, you may see, say, we won't have anything to do with the coronavirus. It really has to do with uh, U.S.-China trade relations. We supposedly have a deal. And uh, will that deal be honored? And that's uh, that's what that's what's going to happen. As you know, in the last year, let's say 2019, pre-coronavirus, the market was primarily affected by our relationship with China. 
So just to show you how, why I wanted to spend it, a minute or two just on this is because um, the China's sovereignty over Hong Kong is going to be a very strategic issue um, for many, many reasons, not just access to ports, but to access to all their businesses and everything else that Hong Kong is doing. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. But I want to tell you, listeners, that I'm, you know, Craig James Financial, we're on, we're looking at uh, possible, some, you know, defensive moves here and to see if that's going to happen. I want to be in front of it than behind it. And this is Friday, May 29th. I just want to let everybody know. So I can say, yeah, on Friday, May 29th, I kind of said, hey, this could be a, this could be a harbinger of things to come. Don't know yet, but uh, may not hurt to start to become defensive. Okay. Uh, we will remember that. We will uh, put it in your LI and the AM program war. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing about the uh, economy, I was reading something this morning. I guess new research was done. Uh, an analysis, and it shows that the first quarter was actually worse than originally reported. Uh, the GDP, that's the broadest measure, folks, uh, when you think about it, as far as the economy in this country, it shrank by an annualized rate of 5%. That was uh, a three-month period, I think it was, January through March. But it was a little bit higher than previously estimated. So a lot of the decline, of course, we talk about all the time, uh, driven by consumer spending, big drop. Uh, especially in all things elective healthcare procedures, so we we know that and that was that's a big factor because elective surgery and everything else was put on hold. But believe it or not, I was reading Craig. This was uh, it was surprising to me where economics say economists say the worse than worse scenario could be somewhat good news as far as quarter number two, since a lot of negative adjustments to things you know like product demand have already been made. But you know when you look at it in perspective, you know this economy probably will have as historically uh, low-type situations like we've never seen this summer. So get ready. But uh, some interesting news coming out of that whole thing. Yes, this is uh, that the GDP annualized was 5%. So it's like down, uh, you know, 1.22% for the core, or no, or I'm sorry, you divide five by four, 1.75% that they, if you annualize it, it's 5%, which is, I, you know, I don't think that's a fair number to begin with, but nonetheless, it is what it is. We knew it was coming. So, uh, I'm not, not that concerned about it. It's how we look going forward. Again, that's a lagging indicator. We, we have to separate our mag, lagging from our leading indicators. Unemployment is a, lagging indicator it has to do what happened last week or last month. That's another number that's a lagging indicator, which is good to know. It's like history. Oh, it's good to know that that happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. But uh, what do we have going forward? So we got housing starts picking up. We got spending, consumer confidence uh, looking better. You're starting to see some of those, you know, things that we knew would turn around. It was like a no-brainer. But uh, we just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, it didn't look how bad was it? Oh, that's interesting. That's pretty bad. So we got a lot more to recover. Seems like we're doing a pretty good job so far as the states start opening up. You know, I don't know. I don't have a. I can't. I, don't, I can't squint my eyes and look at all 50 states. But some states. Uh, how much? How much were people actually affected? You know, we have 40 million unemployed. You would think that. Yeah, I have pictures of the depression where people are waiting on lines and things like that. And I've seen some news reports showing these old black and white photos. And buddy, can you spare a dime? Being played. But uh, not sure if we're there yet. So uh, we. I think you'll you'll you start to see things pick up.
Uh, very, very interesting, though, this whole uh, scenario here. And the other thing is, when you think of this Twitter versus Trump thing, you know, I think Twitter stock is another stock that, you know, it's kind of popular stock. It's a low for in March, probably got to 23. Uh, probably got, after March, probably got as high as like 30, now trading at 31. It was down 5% because uh, whatever they did, they, they put a hurting, uh, they got the U.S. Justice Department involved. I, that can't be good for any business. I don't care what you guys think or, or you know, their freedom of speech, but you got the Justice Department, uh, and they made a very good case. You know, they said, look, these laws came out, this is Bill Barr, William Barr, these laws came out to when these 25 years ago when uh, that they can't be sued for content, you know, uh, because they really asked them to do a couple of things, like remove child pornography and uh, things like that. And so that this is a place that Americans can post their ideas and their thoughts. And that's so the law protected companies like Twitter from posting, uh, from, from preventing, you know, anybody who wants the United States to post. And so people, and that's how we got a lot of the information about the coronavirus in China. You know, it's a forum where people can post. And when you start censoring it, he goes, now you're getting into something called publishing. And uh, in publishing, you can be responsible for your content. And so uh, that was the executive order yesterday. It made very good sense to me, not good sense for the stock, down 5% for the day, and I don't know what the future is. But uh, we'll see uh, how that all plays out. But I think that's important. It's important for your uh, listeners to know that there are competitors. You say, geez, why is there only one Twitter out there? Yeah, there is. There's more, but they're not on your phone platforms. And, and for some reason, they have a monopoly. They're, they're blocked. I think there's another one called Gab, as a matter of fact, that, that everybody can use. But if it's, you probably could use it on your PC at home, but you can't use it. On, it's not uh, Android and, and iOS, which is your Apple device, pretty much block those apps from being on your device. So there is no real alternative to Twitter. So I think there's some issues there. And I think, uh, you know, Maybe, you know, when these companies started 25 years ago, they were very small, fledging companies, and these legal protections helped them. And uh, now it seems like uh, they've become these uh, these monopolies to, unto themselves, and therefore, uh, so they're going to they're gonna start to, you know, allow for lawsuits, and that's going to work its way through the courts, but it's got bipartisan support. That's the very interesting thing, both, both sides. Now, let me just say this. One that. last thing. One last thing on the Twitter. It's such a bunch of garbage what they're doing here. You know, fact checking one of the president's opinion. You know, there's another example of uh, listen, uh, the, the president, does he tweet too much? Yes. Does he get himself in trouble? Yeah. But you know what? What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. I mean, where are we at with this thing? I mean, why don't you fact check some of the other uh, real liberals uh, out there? I can name 10 of them. Uh, right off the bat yeah. that have been uh, abusing the so-called system. And and one last thing, I, I got to laugh, you know, redirect users to coverage from the paragon of fairness and objectivity from Twitter. For example, CNN. Are you kidding me? Close the door huh. on that one. Sir, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Have a good weekend. Have a safe festival weekend. See you and your listeners. There you go. What a joke. Huh? What a joke. I mean, they, it, it, you're redirecting, but let's let's refer to CNN as a perfect example. Right. That's all you need to know.